another episode of Sis I See You, the podcast. So today's episode, I am really excited about this episode. I'm also a little, you know, I'm a... I'm a little nervous for myself because what we're talking about today is something that I have dealt with personally and I still have to be very conscious to work through what we're talking about today. So today's episode, we're going to talk about how the spirit of offense kills friendship. So like I said, y'all, the spirit of offense is something that your girl has really had to work through. Okay. Like, Call me in the past queen offended, okay? We'll get offended real quick by something that somebody has either said or done to me. So as I was studying and just doing some research, I realized that offense happens to everybody, even children. It's usually something that starts when you're a child, in fact. It can start, you know, with something as simple as someone not wanting to play with you on the playground. And it, and it, shows up all throughout high school, especially when you're in high school and it follows you into your adult life. The truth of the matter is, is that offense is something that you are going to have to deal with as long as you are on this earth breathing. So what offense is, the definition of offense is a breaking of social or moral or a moral rule, or it can be considered an annoyance or resentment brought about by a perceived insult. So let me just stop right there. An offense typically is picked up by the person that was offended and it's because of something you perceived. So it doesn't even necessarily mean that what you're offended about is factual information. It literally means that it's something you understood from your viewpoint, from your perspective of life, from your perception of how you see the world. Like I told y'all in the past, I was literally queen offended. Okay. I found myself always saying things like, "Mm, she trying to be funny. Like something that people say to me all the time that used to trigger me is they'll say, you have such a pretty face. They'll say it all whimsical. Like you have such a pretty face. And because I'm a big girl, it's easy to be offended by that statement because in my head, it's like, why can't you just say I'm pretty? Why do you have to emphasize the fact that I have a pretty face? Are you saying that my body's not pretty? Are you saying that I'm not a pretty person as a whole? But in reality, maybe they are just so amazed at how beautiful my face really is. Or maybe they operate from a place that allows them to only see beauty as skin deep. Nonetheless, it is not worth me getting worked up every time someone compliments my face. And I feel like in today's world, it's so easy to be offended because we live in such a connected environment in such a connected age with social media. There's always something to compare us to. So I feel like it's really easy to be offended and allow this spirit to take root in your lives and then reflect itself in our relationships. And something else about the spirit of offense is that it can consume us so much so to the point to where it will affect our ability to walk out our God-given purpose. So what that looks like is, let's just say me, for example, and y'all know I like to keep it 100% transparent with y'all. I, in the past, was hurt by some friends, some people I called friends, and Through that, it made me not want to deal with women anymore. It made me not want to 
be friends with anybody. I was like, you know what? I'm good with my husband and my little dog. I ain't got nothing else for nobody. And if I had held on to that ideal, imagine how God couldn't have used me to reach women even on this platform. There are so many people. This past Saturday, I went to a just a little girl chat and one of the girls said that she's like, you know, you are so personable and you have this ability to make people feel so comfortable. And just imagine how many people I have made feel comfortable and been personable to. And imagine how, if I had held on to that spirit of offense, how that would have been affected, how those people would have been affected, how in those moments when someone, when a woman really needed to see some kindness from somebody else, if I still was walking around with a chip on my shoulder because I was offended by something someone in the past did, imagine how God wouldn't have been able to shine through in those moments. And so let's talk about some of the things that can cause the spirit of offense to take root in your life. One thing is unrealistic expectations, thinking that people are supposed to meet your boundaries and your needs without even having that discussion with them. I know for me, for example, when I had first gotten saved, I was really close with a, um, with a, with a pastor and she let me down and I remember being so devastated. And as I grew and I matured in my faith, I began to realize that it wasn't the fact that she let me down that caused me to backslide. It was the fact that I had unrealistic expectations of her and I looked at her like she was God, not realizing that she was merely human as well. Now I'm not saying that, when you are a leader in Christ, that you should not be held to a standard. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that sometimes we hold people to such a high regard that when they let us down, we're devastated and we don't know what to do. And the truth of the matter is, is that nobody, no man who has walked this earth has been perfect besides Jesus himself. Something else that can cause the spirit of offense to take root in our life is assuming someone else's intentions. Like I spoke about earlier, when people tell me, oh, you have such a beautiful face, me assuming that they're trying to be funny every single time someone tells me that I'm pretty and they they say face, it is so easy for me to assume that they are being funny. And if I assume that someone was being funny every time, I would be so offended. So assuming someone's intentions can allow the spirit of offense to take root in your life. Something else that the Holy Spirit revealed to me was that not setting clear boundaries and not knowing what you demand as a person can allow the spirit of offense to take root in your life. And here's why. And this was so good to me, guys. Because if you don't know how to treat yourself, if you don't know what it is that you need for you to be okay, for you to feel like you're valued and respected in life, it's going to be very difficult for you to teach someone else how to treat you. I am a firm believer that you have to treat you have to teach people how to treat you. And when I say that, I say that humbly and respectfully. I don't I don't mean you need to go be rude to them and like oh, I'm a queen, I sit on the throne, so this is how you have to treat me. No, what I simply mean is, for example, 
My name is Andrea. It's spelled A-N-D-R-E-A. It's spelled like Andrea, Andrea. Um, and people often mess up my name. And honestly, it doesn't bother me. But what does bother me is when I've been around people for a while and they continue to say my name wrong. And I, I would get offended because they would continue to say Andrea or Andrea. And instead of me correcting them, I would let it go. So what I would find myself feeling is frustrated because I'm being called the wrong name. So what I've learned to do now is when people do mispronounce it, I simply kindly correct them. And something else that I've noticed that happens when you fail to set clear boundaries is that not only can the spirit of offense creep in, but frustration creeps in. And what I mean by that is you will feel something, but instead of you just speaking up and saying your truth, you will allow it to slide to the point to where you are just exploding about a situation. And there, I had a friend one time and she was always late no matter where we went. Okay. Like, I don't mean like five, 10 minutes late. I mean like homegirl was late, late. And I like, I just got so mad one time that she was like 30 minutes late. And when she pulled up, she was confused as to why I was upset. The reality of it was, was that I had never expressed to her how it made me feel when she was late on previous engagements. Now, sure, I could have assumed that she would just know better, but again, everybody does not see things the same way. So that's just a little side note. So we've talked a little bit about what the spirit of offense is and how it can affect your friendships, how it can affect you in your day-to-day life. But let's switch gears and talk about how to overcome the spirit of, of offense. I am a firm believer in if you're going to talk about something, we need to have a way to solve the problem. Okay. So first thing first, you need to acknowledge what it is that you're feeling. Acknowledge that emotion. A lot of times, especially as women, I feel like we're taught and we're raised to be strong, to suck it up. You know what I mean? Be okay. Fix your crown. Don't let them see you sweat. And we're taught that all other emotions besides being strong is weak. But no, sis, I'm telling you, when you are feeling a certain type of way, sometimes, not sometimes, all the time, it is important for you to acknowledge the emotion that you are feeling. Now, there are going to be times where you do need to react on it differently. But as far as acknowledging it, you should always acknowledge the emotion that you're feeling. Ignoring it will not make it go away. Secondly, when you are overcoming the spirit of offense, always be slow to anger. Being slow to anger allows you to process through what it is that you are actually feeling. And the second, the well, the third one, 2.5, two and a half, is to be careful in who it is that you are venting to. A lot of us, when we are feeling a certain type of way, we instantly want to run to the phone and I'm guilty. You know, I'm, I'm quick to want to pick up the phone and call somebody, but I have to be honest and sit there and think about what it is that a, I'm going to say to this person for a few different reasons. 
A, because if I just get up and I start rambling off and running my mouth and telling them how I'm offended, nine times out of 10, that person is going to pick up my offense. They're going to easily be just as offended as I am. And that's why you get people who are friends with a person who doesn't like you and now they don't like you and they didn't even get to know you. And it's because they have sat there and they have listened to what this person has said about you. And the truth of the matter is, like we talked about earlier, is that you may not have meant whatever happened in a malicious way. And you also have to be slow to anger and careful who you vent to because sometimes we have friends who we will vent to or people who we think are our friends and they may not be all the way safe for real. You know what I'm saying? You'll have those people who you will tell them how somebody offended you and they'll be like, well, I would have cussed her out or I would have, you know, wooty wooty woo. And you know that what they're telling you to do is not of God. And in no way, shape or form, is it going to help your soul prosper at all? Now, I'm not saying that you aren't ever going to get offended and react in an ugly way. Now, I'm not saying it's okay to react in an ugly way, but I'm not saying that you're never going to. Because the truth of the matter is, is that a lot of times that's how we learn and that's how we move forward. Speaking from experience, I I remember not too long ago, like last year sometime, somebody had really pushed one of my buttons and I exploded. I mean, I have I, I can't remember the last time I reacted that way before this incident. And it was in that moment that I realized that, hey, I had some growing to do. So what I'm saying is that depending upon who I would have spoke to and told them about my situation, they would have said that I was justified. Yes, I was justified in the way that I was feeling, but I was not justified in the way that I reacted. And that is why you have to be careful about who it is you vent to. There's actually a scripture that talks about um, being careful of who it is that you vent to. And I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to share this scripture with you. It comes out of Proverbs 29 and 11. And y'all, let me tell y'all, I didn't even know the Bible talked about venting, okay? But leave it to Proverbs to have some wisdom in this book. So Proverbs 29 and 11 says, Fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. And again, I don't think that this verse is telling you to never vent to anyone. What this verse is telling you is that when you have a situation, when you actually need some wise counsel, make sure you are going to someone who lives a life worthy of wise counsel and is going to actually give you that. Not just anybody out here is who, who, that is going to co-sign your foolishness, okay? And there's another scripture that I'd like to share with you guys that goes hand in hand with the point that we're talking about. And this scripture comes out of 1 Peter 2 and 19 through 23. So that's 1 Peter 2, 19 through 23. And I'm going to read it. And this is the New Living Translation. And it reads, For God is pleased when, conscious of his will, you patiently endure unjust treatment. Of course, you get no credit for being patient if you are beaten for doing wrong. But if you suffer for doing good and endure it patiently, God is pleased with you. For God called you to do good even if it means suffering. Just as Christ suffered for you, he is your example and you must follow in his steps. 
He never sinned nor deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm going to have anybody fighting on my team, I need big dog fighting for me, okay? So if that means that I have to let my flesh ache, and girl, you know. The flesh be aching, okay, when somebody wrong you, okay? My mouth get the water and everything. I be like, God, thinking in my head, Lord, please help me not to say nothing, God. Please, God. God, listen, help me, sir. If if anybody can help me right now, it's going to have to be you. But I just have to remind myself. I have to leave it in his hands because he always judges fairly. And he is pleased with me when I walk away and I let him do his thing. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And let me add this on. A wise friend once reminded me that when God says vengeance is mine and he says that he's going to take care of you, that does not always mean that you are going to get to see that other person be corrected by God. You have to be okay with just knowing that God is who he said he is and that he will do what he said that he will do. Just because somebody did you wrong does not mean that you're going to get them. You're going to get to see them suffer the consequences or God pay them back or however you want to look at it. Just be okay with knowing that God said that he's going to do what he said he's going to do. And the truth be told, a lot of times the turmoil that people have after they do something to you is inner. It's an inner turmoil. It, it it don't necessarily mean that they start struggling in their body or they start struggling in their finances. It can honestly be an inner turmoil. And that's why this, our next point is also important. We have to pray for people who wrong us or who offend us, even if they don't mean it. And so that's point number three. We have to pray for those who wrong us. When the Holy Spirit revealed to me that, you know, he showed me that you have to pray for people who offend you. It was interesting because he showed it to me from a few different perspectives. He reminded me of how Jesus prayed for the people who were abusing him when he was on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And so when people wrong you, again, whether they mean to or not, it is important you pray for them because you have to understand that they too are a soul. God loves them too. And his, he wishes that no one would perish. So you have to pray for them and pray that God would bring a level of healing to their soul to where they would come into repentance, that, that he may be able to use their situation as a testimony. And because when you pray for somebody who has offended you, it is you inviting God into that situation. You are giving God permission to step into your situation. You take your hands off of it and him do what he needs to do in the situation. By you letting go of it, you are putting down a burden. You are taking that weight off your back. You don't, you no longer have to carry the hurt and anger in the offense around. How many of us know that truthfully offense is heavy? Okay. I remember, and y'all, I got another story for y'all, but I remember a few years ago when, like I said, this, I had a friend and she really hurt me. And 
you know, I don't know if she meant to do it or not, but I carried around that offense for almost two years. And it was so triggering to the point that anytime somebody would say her name, I would get so triggered and I wanted to stop being so offended by what had happened, but I honestly just did not know how I had carried it around. And if I'm being honest, I don't think I was ready to let that offense go completely because I felt like if I let the offense go, then she would just be getting off the hook. She already got to move on with her life. So why would I let her go, you know, in my head and in my heart, you know, like it, it, I just felt like she would be getting off easy. And so I remember I had went to a church service one night and this was at a church that I had just had started visiting and they were like, if anybody is sick, if any, no, they said, if anybody needs healing, come on up and we're going to pray for you. So of course I was like, okay, listen, I clearly know that I got this hurt and I got this anger toward this person. I need some healing. Now I'm sure they was probably talking about healing in your body, but I said, well, Lord, they said healing. So I'm going on up to this altar. Okay. So I got up there and I remember the pastor prayed for me y'all. And I promise you at the moment we began to pray, they said, give it to Jesus. They said, give it to Jesus, give it to Jesus, surrender the hurt to Jesus, the healing, let him heal you. And I kid you not, I felt a physical weight lift off of my body. Now, a physical weight lifted off of my body to an emotional burden that I had been carrying around for two years. And it was at that moment that God again reaffirmed his existence and his love to me. And ever since then, I have been able to run into this person or people mention them and not be triggered. I truly that day received healing because I was willing to release that person from what they did. I was willing to pray for them and allow God to step into my situation. The fourth point I want to make in overcoming the spirit of offense is to remind you that if we are good forgivers, it is difficult to develop a spirit of offense. Okay. Now, when your friend wrongs you, now, now remember, we're talking about the spirit of offense. That does not always mean again that that person meant to do it. But if you have a friend who is genuinely your friend and something has happened between you guys, that some feelings got involved and feelings got hurt, you have to be willing to forgive them. Like I talked about just a few seconds ago, don't feel like letting it go is letting them off the hook. My husband is honestly my best friend and I have to be willing to forgive him quickly because the truth of the matter is, is that him forgetting to take out the trash or do something or almost kill me in a car. Y'all this man can't drive. Pray for me over here. But me being mad at him for stuff like that and letting it linger, I lose out on so much more by letting that, that, that offense linger than I would if I would just let it go. And the Bible actually talks about this. And so this scripture is going to be coming from Ephesians four and two. So Ephesians four, uh, verse two, and it reads, always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for others faults because of your love. 
Make every effort to keep yourselves united in spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. And I'm sorry, guys, that was Ephesians 4, 2 and 3. Okay. And it says binding yourselves together with peace. And also, I want to throw in there that this also goes hand in hand with when you have an issue with your brother. There's actually a scripture somewhere, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, so bear with me, but it says something to the point of if you have an issue with your brother, you have an alt with your brother, go to them. Go to that person and try to work it out and talk it out. Now, there are going to be instances where you may, it may not be the best option to try to speak it out with this person. You may have to find some healing and some forgiveness in your heart in the secret place. Now, I can't speak directly to your situation, but what I will say is that if you spend some time with God, he will tell you which direction, which course of action is best for your situation. I've had situations where the Lord has told me to address stuff with people, and I've had situations where I couldn't physically get an apology or apologize to a person. So that pretty much sums up today's episode. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I did not. Usually I take very fancy notes and I have everything typed down and written out so beautifully. Today I did not do that because like I said, this topic is very near and dear to my heart and I wanted to speak from my heart. I wanted you guys to really understand how serious the spirit of offense is and how it can really kill friendships. The spirit of offense is where this whole no new friends mantra comes from. At, at, stop it. Stop saying you don't want no new friends because old girl in the past done hurt you. You need some new friends, okay? Sometimes the Lord need to send somebody into your life new to, to give you some fresh revelation, okay? And by you saying, I don't really need no friends, you blocking everything that God has for you. So, like I said, guys, this wraps up this episode of Sis, I See You, the podcast, y'all. I hope y'all really like this episode. This, listen, like I said, this this is something near and dear to my heart. Cause, Cause your girl used to be the queen of being offended, okay? But through the word of God, through knowing the word of God and allowing God to do some surgery on my soul, I am doing really well and I am proud of myself. I hope this has helped you guys. Be sure to like comment and share this episode share it with your mama cousin auntie niece and them okay your co-workers share with everybody also follow me on instagram at the pure royalty and and stay tuned for the next episode of sis i see you the podcast we are going to be making some changes to the show I'm not 100% sure what changes are coming yet. I think I'm going to switch it up how often I do episodes. Um, so just bear with me, y'all. But I hope that y'all love this podcast. Leave me some comments. Let me know how you like it. Go on my Facebook page, or I'm sorry, my Instagram page and comment. Send me a, a DM. Let me know how y'all like it. You can also find this show on YouTube at Andrea McKellar. It's under my name. So that's all y'all. Until next time, my friends, stay beautiful, sis. Sis, I see you. Sis.